Hi, everybody. This is Jacqueline Kitzman. I am back with another episode of Awakened Tarot. I'm so excited. Again, all of the love for the podcast has been overwhelmingly just, I mean, it's absolutely awesome. Awesome with a hyphen between awe and some. Like, it's just extra awesome. Uh, I'm just so, I, I truly am floored and so appreciative. Today, <clears throat> I have... My lovely friend and hairstylist, <laughs> as well. So I have to be really nice to her if I want my hair to stay the same color that oh it is. <laughs> but her name is Amanda. I met Amanda. Again, she did my hair. <laughs> and we quickly just, like I mean, like, when I say quickly, I mean within, like, the first five minutes, became instant best friends. Mm-hmm. I think I read cards for you the next time I came in. Um, I cannot express how much I love this human uh, and she is one of the people that I got to do, um, got to teach tarot to at this retreat I had at my house a few weeks ago. And she sat with me the entire nine-hour day. And she was like, tell me more. What about this? What about that? Break this down for me. And now she's reading for other people. Y'all, it's been like three weeks. And she's like a fucking like tarot. <laughs> she's like a fucking tarot queen over here. So I was really excited to have Amanda on. Uh, because, I mean... And you'll hear, you'll hear her talk. I mean, she is wildly, like, just connected to tarot so quickly. She's already teaching other people. It's, I mean, it's bananas. Amanda, introduce yourself. Hello. Hi. It's it's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know time. Gabe, it's been three weeks? Don't ask him, because in his episode, he said months, and I was like, it's definitely not been months. it's been months. (laughs) It's not months! No! There's no way it's been months. It was before Christmas, for sure. Yeah. A month and a half. Six weeks. No. It it, it feels a lot longer than what it is, then. Time is a construct. Exactly. Um, Well, I'm Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> Amanda. Um, when I met Jacqueline, I was literally dating someone and I texted him after she left the salon and I was like, I think I found my soulmate and him being the ignorant man that he is. He was like, Oh, thank you, babe. And I was like, No, I'm not talking about you. I'm literally not talking about you. I and I said the same thing to Gabriel and he's here, he can attest to this, and I've told you this several times, but I went I got home and I was like I have just met somebody that will have to do my hair until I croak because (laughs) absolutely, like, so funny. We connected so well. It's so important. And I think that if you really care about your hair and the person who does it is, like, so vastly important to you. And -hmm. if you're in the spiritual community, it's also incredibly important because they're working with your crown chakra. Mm -hmm. They are all up in your thoughts. And Amanda is a true empath. She has this amazing ability to soak in what you're feeling or what's going on and kind of talk you through she tells me all the time she's a shrink with a sink and it's absolutely it's absolutely true i always feel like 180 percent better and my hair is 190 percent blonder every time i leave oh uh, and i think that's what i'm so grateful about meeting you is there's so many like spiritual aspects about my career that i didn't even realize until you were like you know like that has to do with this. And I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Are you telling me I'm mansplained your job to you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I Jacqueline's played your job, your job to you. Um, no, it's it's so fascinating. I remember like learning about just in like in what I do, which is childcare, mm-hmm. learning about the spiritual aspects of that and being like, oh, like that's why I'm drawn to this and why mm-hmm. I'm drawn to writing and whatever. And and like when you have somebody to be like, oh, that's why this is the way that this is, it is such a defining moment, I think. Um, and really special. Yeah. And I mean, 
you've always been, and what's so funny is that as we've talked more about tarot and gotten to know each other more, and you've told me stories from your childhood, which are so vastly intuitive, and I'm like, how the fuck didn't you know, Amanda? You literally predicted lottery numbers. Like, I don't understand. Like, I I knew my mom was pregnant with my little sister, and I told everyone I was having a little sister before my mom even peed on a stick. Like, before my mom peed on a stick. (laughs) Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but it's crazy. And stuff like that, I think I would always play it off as like, oh, like, what a coincidence. And now that I have this amazing tool and I'm learning it more and more, I feel like I can lean into, like, myself, more mm-hmm. than anything. It is. It's such a, it's a, getting the cards for people that are like highly empathic can, I think very often it's, it's such an outline for things you would have already said. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing when as an empath, you get these cards, which give you an even deeper look into the way that humanity works because mm-hmm. as an empath, you're feeling it anyway, but now you kind of have, I, I would say like a card layout guidebook for Mm -hmm. why you're feeling it and what's happening. And it also helps you if you're an empath that hasn't quite figured out that what you're doing is picking up emotion Mm -hmm. and taking it with you, especially because you work with your hands in people's heads where all their thoughts and feelings are. And you take that home. Uh Isn't that such a disgusting thing to like think about? Like I play with hair, which is like a dead thing that comes out of your skin. Listen, I have been to you and my hair has been like way past when it needs washed and you have put your fingers on my hair so and you're probably like dang this bitch is gross i'm always like when i first started going to you even though i knew we were like already like this i was like i wonder what she's saying about my scalp to somebody else (laughs) this bitch is definitely bashing my scalp right now oh not at all But what you said about, like, tarot being a part of humanity, I think that's been the craziest thing, me, like, digging deeper in it since we've, like, had the retreat. You have, and you're too humble to, like, plug yourself, but if you don't follow, if y'all don't follow this girl on Instagram, she has so many free, amazing resources if this is something you're getting into learning and you need to follow her. Amanda. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, But you did... Uh, your intuitive workbook where it talks about the cards are a tool that you already possess like the power to do within mm-hmm. yourself and that's yeah. something that like has like literally changed the way that like I pull cards oh, yeah, I'm patting it with you my busted <laughs> lip <laughs> oh, my dog hit my hit my lip with her head oh she's trying to get the crunch wrap <laughs> um but yeah, so it's like you're all, you already have this power within yourself, and tarot is just helping like guide you mm-hmm. through all of that, and that yeah. is that blew my mind. I'm so passionate about that. Like when because you asked me, you're like, can any before we learn tarot, like you had asked to come, but then you called me, like you were really nervous, and you said. Jacqueline, let me ask you, can anybody read tarot or do you have to be a certain level of intuitive? And I was mm-hmm. like, everybody can read tarot. Absolutely everybody we can tarot. You can not be psychic and read tarot. A lot of amazing readers are not psychic and read tarot. You happen to be very intuitive and also read tarot. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's it's this like, it really does. And getting tarot, and I've explained this to you, and then after this, we'll like pull a card and get into it. But yeah. getting a tarot deck for the first time is such a tower experience for this mm-hmm. I would say for the first six months to year that you have it it is such a tower experience it's eye-opening and shattering and challenges everything you've always thought and every lie you've ever been told about religion or humanity or humans and it gives you this truth mm-hmm. and it's 
mind-blowing because it really does reroute you. I remember getting mine for the first time and I looked at Gabriel and it was like 3 a.m. and I was a little tequila drunk because it was my birthday. <laughs> and I looked at Gabe and I was like, I have to get up and go hold the cards. And he was like, you're drunk. And I was like, no, something has happened to me. I have to get up and go hold. I snuggled the cards drunk on tequila in bed. It was the wildest thing. And like from that moment forward, it was like me, me and the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really the same for you even before like we sat down I gave you I mean like even before you had a deck you were like interesting and like what does all this mean so I don't think there's been a night that I haven't slept in my bed with my cards next to me since I've gotten them it's it truly is wild because I I'm the same way like this deck here comes with me absolutely everywhere my Smith Rider weight which will now shuffle and pull from you wanna cards oh yeah keep going the cards Keep going with what? Okay, that song. Oh, pull the cards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull the cards. Oh, my God. Our card is the Hierophant. Card <laughs> five in the Major Arcana. It is... It's in the Lifeline. Mm-hmm. It's... um. It is a fun number. It's fun colors. Amanda yeah. is now going to find hers in the Fountain deck. And we will compare the imagery. Oh, holy shit, you found that fast. We didn't okay. even have to do that, like, smooth thing where you, like, pause and wait for you to, like, find it and then pretend you were super quick. You she, just, was, she was ready. You were just fucking oh, were. That was the worst toss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Frisbeed that horribly. <laughs> okay, so, Amanda. Mm-hmm. What is your first initial reaction to the Hierophant? Also, Amanda's mad. I didn't let her bring her notes. <laughs> <laughs> she sure didn't. I mean, you forgot them, but I wouldn't I, let you use I them. I did. I had a little crisis, and she's like, it's fine. I wouldn't let you use them anyways. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, I think the first thing that I think of whenever I think of the Hierophant is, like, tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, whenever I pull this, it's like doing the things that you need to be doing. So, like, lean into that. But I don't know. What... No, what? You're, you were doing so well. I oh, took a drink of you. water and you got nervous. <laughs> I did. It's because I was coughing into the mic. Oh. Um, which, from other podcast reviews I've read, is a huge no-no. So I'm trying to escape the, the, the vitriol from that. So you're right. The Hierophant, and I think this is how I, like, how I teach it, mm-hmm. the Hierophant for me is so much about establishing tradition. Mm-hmm. And the... In the the card after the Hierophant is the Lovers, and the card before it is the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first four cards of the Tarot, we are learning about how to be the, in the self. We're learning mm-hmm. about how we work in regards to nature and how we work in taking up space, how we can work with nature and build ourselves a stable structure to live in and be in, like cities, towns, homes, whatever. Mm-hmm. In the Hierophant, this is the first time we now have to be around other people. And mm-hmm. there is nothing harder than learning how to be around other people. We learn this as children. Children. It's like the first mm-hmm. thing we learn to do is what? As a child interacting with others, we learn to share. Amanda, her <laughs> face went, I don't know. I have no I like, idea. I, I mean, it's like, I've never seen another person. This is my first time out of my house. Who are people? <laughs> what are people? What are people? No, so in the Hierophant, this is the first time we're now interacting with other people. And that brings mm-hmm. us into the lovers. And this is important because fives are a number of... Contractions. That's right. Fives are really contractive points. And the fact that in the Hierophant, which is a card that can be traditionally kind of like... Because a lot of times, traditionally, and I didn't teach it to y'all this way. Mm-hmm. You know, bucking tradition, reverse Hierophant, maybe. The way I teach it. <laughs> but the Hierophant gets kind of a bad rap. And then it can talk about the pressures of society and the pressures of religion. Have you pulled this card at all in regards to this 
conflict that you've been facing in regards to breaking through this religiosity you grew up with and learning how to combine it with your practice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's because this card can come up in regards to breaking, like, cycles of structures that are restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, like, the devil in that way. And actually, when you look at the devil card later on in the rebirth line, mm-hmm. it's similarly placed. You've got a person with two, big person with two smaller people mm-hmm. under them. And in this one, it's a big Dude with some fingers looking at some monks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is important because in the devil, we talk about unchaining ourselves. And in the hierophant, this is kind of where we can get chained. Yeah. Would you say with the hierophant, you're learning these traditions, you're set to a standard where the devil talks about you want to break free of mm-hmm. these standards? So the hierophant is very often about one, breaking Basically, it can talk about either breaking out of a routine that you've been raised in to kind of start your own mindset to learn, create your own beliefs, like share tradition and morals and values and belief systems in a way of living that are healthy. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that not all of us do that, right? And the reality is that a lot of us, hello, me, grew up very religious Mm -hmm. and very restricted and And then when I got into tarot, it was very hard. It felt like very much a conflict between what my heart knew was right and what I'd always been told by this giant book made by a bunch of white men was right. Um, And there was this conflict. And so even though there were aspects of the Hierophant that I was trying to break, similarly to the devil, where you're trying to break out of something Mm -hmm. that's holding you back Mm -hmm. so you can free yourself, the Hierophant is also about establishing your way out of that contraction, out of that discomfort. How can I find a new way of going forward and then share that with others. Yeah. So it's kind of like teaching. And it is kind of like preaching mm-hmm. in in sermons and whatever. So the Hierophant is really a very complex card that comes up with a lot of, like, negative emotion as well as positive emotion. But you really, in a contraction, there's no escape. Mm-hmm. You have to feel the shittiness to yeah. get to the... The good. To the radness. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I need that on a t-shirt. Go through the shittiness to get to the radness. Do you want me to embroider that for you? Oh, yeah, on a pillow. On, like, how many things have I told you I was going to embroider and fucking so many things. shit for you? How um, many of them have you actually received? None of the things, I but I'm excited for I am all talk, which is why I started a podcast. <laughs> there is no physical deliverance. Oh, it's fine. I'm excited for them one day. I remember there was one about fisting, but I really, I think I have that note saved on my phone, but I can't, I never... <laughs> you do. It was like, it never came into fruition, but it's saved. I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I think it was like, you better watch out, because I'll fist you, dude. <laughs> I'll fist you, dude. Yep. That, that was it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why do you think, in the Smith Rider Wait, in the Fountain Deck, what do you think is the importance of the difference in imagery? Um... That is a good question. I'm seeing lamp glare. Lamp glare. (laughs) Oh, sorry. So for those that don't know, Amanda, when she came to my retreat, I gave her a fountain tarot deck. She did not have one, and I Mm -hmm. had an extra, so I gave it to her. And the fountain tarot is different than, I mean, obviously, than the Smith Rider Waite. Ian, who um, either you have already heard or will her here. I haven't decided the order because you guys are recording one day apart from each other. (laughs) Um, He has the fountain as well, and we talked about with him, and I promise no spoilers, but we talked about that the colors are different. So mm-hmm. in the Smith Rider Waite, we're dealing with very primary colors. Mm-hmm. The Hierophant is in red, and your Hierophant is wearing... Red. hmm Yeah. And opening a 
box. Mm -hmm. So something that I have not and did not talk about in the retreat Mm -hmm. is that a lot of the cards in the major arcana and actually like throughout some of the minor arcana as well, they are put in cubes. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like the chariot and the lovers and the devil. Um, And you kind of see the reference in the two of cups as well with the catechist over the people. But you'll see that there is a being. And mm-hmm. then two other beings mm-hmm. or two other things. The high priestess mm-hmm. is further back in it. So she's got the two pillars and she's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just taking it all in. I'm just I'm just, I'm just like, I don't have my fucking notebook, Jacqueline. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think, so if me looking at what I have, so if I'm explaining it to the people that are not seeing it, it kind of looks like... Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> um, he's standing over and kind of like opening up a box. He's holding the lid and like peeking down into it. I just knowing like how the lifeline goes, I think me interpreting like the imagery of it, mm-hmm. you're coming from the emperor and everything before that is kind of like you've been born, you have your body, which is the magician, you're going into the high priestess, you're getting your inner intuitions, you're learning. Yes! <laughs> Proud teacher. You didn't fucking need your journal. <laughs> so through the high priestess, you're getting like your inner thoughts, your emotions, your intuitions, mm-hmm. you're following your gut. You're going into the empress and it's talking about like sometimes fertility which I'm about to start my period and I keep pulling that card <laughs> um but it talks about like a motherly well, that would love. mean you're not fertile yeah or you're like you're, you're, you're now your body is pissed <laughs> yeah it's like empress and tower everything out <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so you're you're learning how to give like love to others without expecting it from yourself so then you move into the emperor and it's talking more about um You can't hope things into existence. You're talking about um, thoughts over your heart. So you're getting that wisdom through this card. And I feel like in the Hierophant, it's like you already have all of these things that make you a person. And you're trying to figure out what you want to do through that. So he's Mm -hmm. like opening a box and be kind of like, okay, this is all of the things that I've learned. What traditions and Mm -hmm. like traits can I get from this? You're picking it out. It's kind of like... So in the Hierophant, it very much is we are now, we've gone through the Emperor where we've created this place for ourselves and now we and we have our body and we know how the world works and now we have to be in it. Now we have to be successful and be in it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse Kind of like turning 18. Like, here you go. Like, here's all of the things. Now go. sign away all of you. Sign away your life to student debt. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But you can't buy jewel pods. <laughs> but you can't buy jewel pods. But in, in the Hierophant, we are now being asked to share and work with other people mm-hmm. and share our experiences and talk and do this. If I was going to say there, this is the card that rules podcasting, I'd say it's the Hierophant. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that teachers are Hierophants. Now, that's not saying that... have Was every teacher you ever had in your life a good teacher? No. Did you have some really fucking awesome teachers? Yeah, you. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> stop it right now. My heart just busted open like my lip. <laughs> Amanda, that's so sweet. Oh. I have to, like, breathe for a second. Oh. Shit. So I'm a really fucking awesome teacher. You so are. Oh, my God. <laughs> so basically, like, what that proves is that when we're talking about higher overarching themes, like mm-hmm. counselors and teachers and even parents, mm-hmm. and not every single and I'm a te- I'm a testament to that like not every single parent is going to be a great parent my mom shitty parent my dad great parent does that mean that overall parents suck 
No, but it does mean that there we are learning about this is the contraction of life. We're learning that life has good and bad in it. It's not every not everything. We're out of survival mode. Mm-hmm. So in child psychology, you learn that young children um, up to about the age of 10, they are unable to function out of survival mode. Mm-hmm. This is something that evolutionarily humans are equipped with because they need things. That's why talking to a child who is crying and like having a tantrum and trying to rationalize with them is not going to work because they're in survival mode. Mm-hmm. You have to calm them down and then talk calmly with them through it. Be an example. In the Hierophant, we are now out of survival mode and now we're out of like what, you know, shelter and food and water and the emperor. And now we're like, oh fuck, now I have to like go commune with the people down there. I have to figure out how to be a person who works and functions somehow in society. Mm-hmm. That mean that doesn't, you know, not everybody does a good job at that or mm-hmm. not everybody has the ability and the tools to yeah. do that well. However, it is talking about those things. It's talking it's basically working us through the process of you've had fights with friends. Mm-hmm. Like you have to work through the process of getting back together, working with people and teaching mm-hmm. and now the next time you will fight with that friend, fingers crossed, you're not having the same fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really cool, too. And I just had, I don't know why, every time I listen to your podcast, I have like a light bulb moment. The one episode. (laughs) All all of your podcasts. Um, (laughs) You were talking about like how the Hierophant, like you're learning how to interact with people. And then the process of going through the lifeline, you've learned how to interact with the Hierophant. And the next thing is the lovers building like, great relationships and, like, successful communication and relationships through that. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that, like, a lot of people from what I've been studying, like, forget. They're just like, oh, okay, this card means this. Figure out where you're at on the line that you're in, whether you're in the suit of cups or whether you're in the major arcana. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to figure out where you're at so you know where you're going. And there's a really simple spread you can do for that. Yeah. Basically, separate the major arcana. All 22 cards set the fool aside. The fool can act as a significator or just take it out. I don't usually work with significators. That's a personal choice. We've talked about this. A lot lot of readers do, and it works amazing for them. Mm -hmm. There's not not a right or wrong way. Yeah. But then take the seven, break the major arcana into seven cards. So the first seven, the second set of seven, and the third seven. That is the life, death, and rebirth line. Mm -hmm. Shuffle the lifeline, shuffle the death line, shuffle the rebirth line, and then pull a card from each Mm -hmm. to kind of talk about where you are maybe in those cycles. Because here's the dealio. We as humans are not one cycle being. We -hmm. are made up of a thousand cycles. We can be in one cycle in our relationship, another in our work environment, another Mm -hmm. in our familial life, another Mm -hmm. in our spiritual practice. And so, you know, ask a question, where am I in this? Where am I in this? Where am I in this? And see where you are. Mm -hmm. And it's really helpful because it kind of teaches you the overarching lesson of where you are in that moment. Yeah. And I I think that is like such a cool thing. And I think a lot of times whenever people are learning tarot, like just now beginning, they see like life, death and rebirth. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go through this once in my life. And that's something like as a teacher, you did a really good job at. It's like you can go through this daily, daily, weekly. Minute by minute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's awesome to like, and it's good to know, like if you're at, if you're in this stage of contraction, like it's fine because you're Mm -hmm. about to like move into something 20 times better. One of the biggest questions I get is what do I do if I'm in a contraction? And I 
if you follow my Instagram and you being one of my best friends I and my you. husband sitting over there, my, yeah, you being my best stalker, yep. um, it's, uh, you know that I've been having kind of a rough month. It's mm-hmm. been a very contractive month. I've had a lot of mental health stuff going on, a lot of anxiety. I deal with depression that stems from repressed childhood trauma mm-hmm. and that whole bad mom thing I talked about like five minutes ago and glossed over. <laughs> um, so contractions are really hard. Contractions are really mm-hmm. hard for me. And I asked myself the same question that I'll, that hundreds of other people have asked me, which is, what do I do in a contraction? How do I get out of a contraction? You can't. If you're in a contractive state, you're in a contractive state. You can self-soothe, self-care your way through it. But the thing about contractions is that... The thing about contractions is that in expansions, that sentence was not going to make sense. In expansions, it feels really good. Oh, yeah. We are doing things and we're active and we, we feel good and powerful. And the reason we feel that way... It's because of everything we downloaded and learned in a contraction. We grow in contractions. Contractions are growing pains. They're uncomfortable, but they're important to the process. Mm-hmm. You're taught too often to turn away from the things that are hard mm-hmm. and to ignore and shut down, like, oh, always be happy and don't talk about your pain and shut down negativity. And I don't think that that's helpful to us as humans. It doesn't give us a really good relationship with that because humans are meant to feel sadness and fear and anger and rejection. And in a contraction, we are put face to face with those things. And mm-hmm. we can either look at them and be like, I recognize you, I see you, and you're all important to me. Let's work through it together mm-hmm. and self-soothe our way through. Or we reject, reject, repress, repress, repress. And then we do what I did, which was have a giant mental explosion like yeah. four weeks ago. Yeah. Not the good way, not the right way to go about it. And even people who know that about contractions and me (laughs) have a hard time. Yeah. And I, I, would you, and question picking your amazing brain, would you consider, okay, so you said like either you can embrace it and realize that this is happening for a reason and like, I'm going to come out of it. Would you consider the people that try to like push it away? um, They're like channeling like chariot energy. So the thing about the chariot, and we've talked a little bit about the chariot, mm-hmm. is that the chariot for some people is great. Yeah. They're on their own thing. They feel great. Yeah. They in the chariot, they probably feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. But there's a level of apathy that mm-hmm. goes into the chariot too. That's yeah. why it's so many of us don't stay in the chariot. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's a very privileged place to be. Mm-hmm. So people I, I had a friend at one point and I was crying to her one day after my endometriosis diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And like just like I'm really afraid I'm going to be in pain forever. I'm really afraid that I'm this is going to have cause fertility issues, which unfortunately is a reality for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she told me that crying would manifest more endometriosis pain and fertility issues and that I just needed to put on a happy face about it. That is an incredibly ableist thing to say. Yeah. That is, in, that is one, it's not true. <laughs> At all. Two, that's literally not how biology works, nor is it how <laughs> manifestation works. I didn't realize my tears had to do with my ovaries. I didn't realize my tears connected that, I mean, yeah. pain in my ovaries causes the tears. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, what this taught me is that people who push down, like, ignore negativity are ignoring a huge part of, of humanity, which is mm-hmm. just not... It's not functional and it will cause problems and is why like a lot of times like we are encouraged to leave the chariot, encouraged to leave our comfort zones. Chariot is very much a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So now I have a question for you. Yes. Okay. Can you please explain to me how the Hierophant, how 
you feel like you're living the Hierophant out in your life? I think it is so funny that we pulled this card because me and you had like a two hour phone conversation the other day about how I felt like I'm just in a place of contraction. And I kept saying, I was like, I just, I was like, I'm not pulling the tower, but I feel like I'm in the tower. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm in the tower. I think I'm in the Hierophant. Interesting. I think I'm in a place of contraction Mm -hmm. having to do with like, I was raised really Christian and I told you the other day, like, can I also read tarot and like hone in on this part of me that I'm so drawn to my intuitions, my beliefs? Like, I just want to dance naked under the moon. I just want to be sky clad. Yeah, exactly. Um, But can I also do that while being the religion that I was raised in? And literally before we started recording, I was like, I hope we pull a card that, like, I feel like relates to, like, what we're going through right now. Yeah. So I, it, it, tarot's amazing, and it Mm -hmm. never ceased to amaze me. One of the things that, like, you do as a student is you ask amazing questions. And in educational psychology, we learn about how to be students Mm -hmm. and put ourselves back in that space. And it's so humbling as a teacher, because if you're a teacher you should be equal parts student. Mm -hmm. If you're not, and you, I mean, you're a hairstylist, you're constantly going, you're constantly educating yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so important to your profession. So I think you kind of jive with this too. The questions you ask are so important. And the way that you have come and like asked questions and you're such like a powerhouse human (laughs) and you have, you are so like, I don't know this. I want to know this. Mm -hmm. It's, absolutely inspiring because you take that information you process it and then you synthesize it in a way that completely inspires me and it has inspired me to now ask questions yeah the other day I was like okay like I told Amanda she had a question about a card and I told her she could journal about it and she did and she had all of this major insight because she asked a fucking question Mm -hmm. so then I did it about the knight of swords and I said (laughs) I said what does the knight of swords have to teach me because I kept pulling it I didn't know and what and you know what I got just take a guess what card it was. You've already told me. Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> I pulled the Knight of Swords. <laughs> it was the same goddamn card. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I learned so much from that. And I did that because out of a conversation that I had with you talking yeah. about the learning process, because we are very similar in the way that we learn and go about mm-hmm. just processing things. And so through you being a student and, like, asking questions and taking off and doing so fucking well and then becoming a teacher, like, it has inspired me as a teacher, to now, like, further my studentry. That's not a fucking word, but my student Dennis It's now a word. ...is less of a word than the first one I said. <laughs> yeah, the first one sounded a little better. <laughs> but so, you're on the right track. I'm on the right track. Yeah. I'll just keep asking questions. Yeah. Amanda. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy how deep of a rabbit hole you can get with, like, everything. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like, I think especially because and you interview Gabe and we're kind of on like the same like time frame of how long we've been doing this. Kind of. He's probably a little bit further than what I am because he lives with you. No, no. That's like the first time I used a tarot deck that same day. Okay. He sat down for the class and I was like, dude, you for real? (laughs) (laughs) But he stayed. You two stayed the whole nine hour goddamn day. We did. We did. We powered through. Um. But it's crazy how how much more I know now 
but I still feel like there's so much more that That's, I want to learn. You're absolutely never going to stop feeling that way. Yeah. There's never going to be a point where you know enough or know everything about tarot. And I think that that, again, is the point of this podcast. It's It doesn't matter, like, how long you've had a deck. You're an expert. Yeah. But in your expertiness, see, we're going right back to studentry, <laughs> um, you're going to keep growing. Yeah. Like, you're still a student. And I think that that right there is the epitome of the Hierophant as well. Like, it doesn't matter how high your pulpit is. If you're not furthering your education, you aren't you aren't learning. You're not a student. You can't be a teacher without being a student. Yeah. And that is something that I think you embody incredibly well. And the other day you asked me what you thought your card was. And I think this, like, this might be the card. It, it really could be. 100%. This is amazing. Amanda, oh. thank we, you. We found my card. We found your card on this Yay. podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. This was amazing, and I was so excited to like get you in here in that tiny chair in the corner of my studio. I love it. I love being in the corner. Put the baby in a corner. Put the baby. Put the tarot baby in the corner. That's me. Make room I need in. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. I love you so much more. Do you want to say bye to the people? Goodbye, my people. <laughs> love you, Amanda. All right, that was Amanda Franklin. You can find her on Instagram at Amanda Franklin Hair. Uh, I just love her so much. But this part of the podcast is the part of the podcast where I get out and start telling jokes. I'm kidding. This is the part of the podcast where I do the collective reading. This week, we have the Queen of Cups. This is a really wonderful card. I love this card so much. I feel very connected to it. This card, I feel brings us a direct connection to the high priestess. And this coming week, that is so very important because there is so much shit happening in the world. I mean, if you even just get on Twitter or the news or the TV for five seconds, you know that so much stuff is going on from Australia to the borders still being a shit show to all of the tension in the Middle East caused by President Trump's very rash and horrible decision Things are not going well. And because of that, we as humans on our plane, in our space, we're not doing super hot either. This week, we're being encouraged to self-care, to pray, to send out love and healing energy, to really extend peace and comfort to others, and to not remain apathetic to the things going on around us. Don't Ignore things because they're too hard to see or they're too hard to hear or feel or whatever else. You have to feel those things. You have to see them. You have to talk about them or nothing is going to change. And change is so desperately needed right now. And that is the collective reading for this week. That's the episode, you guys. Thank you so much for all of your kind words and support and encouragement over the first episode. And I hope that you enjoyed this one. I'm so happy that Amanda was able to be on and I'm so excited to bring you more. Please, if you like this podcast, um, if you find it helpful, if you feel called to, please rate this podcast and subscribe to it. It helps push it up in the charts. And that's important because I desperately want people who need this to be able to have it. So if you feel called, please do that. You can find me at Awakened Tarot on Instagram. Same name as the podcast. Thank you all so much for sitting with me this week. And I will talk to you next week with a wonderful guest. Bye. Bye.